Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, inside Naomi Osaka's bold decision to sit out the French Open. Plus, Kate Winslet opens up about home life with her husband. And the woman who created gender reveal parties shares why she's now against them. It's June 1st. everyone. This is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Tuesday. I hope you all had a great long weekend. It's the first day of June, uh, the first day of Pride Month, and my astrology-loving friends would like me to warn you that Mercury is in retrograde. So uh, make sure to just do absolutely nothing and engage with no one for a little while, and you should be okay, apparently. I don't know. Uh, Later in the show, I have a really eye-opening conversation with Jenna Carvanitas, who is, in fact, the woman who created the gender reveal. Seriously, the phenomenon where expectant parents reveal whether they're having a boy or a girl with a big party, which has grown to over-the-top you know, festivities and, and viral Instagram moments. She, Jenna Carvanitas, was the first known woman to do it and popularize it. But now she wishes she hadn't. And we get into why that is later in the show. So stick around for that. But first, let's get into top stories. And I'm joined by my colleagues, Adam Carlson and Lindsay Kimball, to break down what is buzzing out there. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hi. Happy Tuesday. I want to start off with the latest on tennis superstar Naomi Osaka, right? This is everywhere. A few days before she began competing in the French Open, tennis star Naomi Osaka announced she would not be talking to press throughout the competition. She was fined $15,000 for not attending the press conference. She then announced that she was withdrawing from the competition entirely. So can you walk us through how she came to this decision? You know, Naomi has frequently talked about being shy and anxious ever since, you know, kind of breaking onto the tennis scene. Uh, she's number two in the world now, but she was has been at points number one. Um, So obviously there's a lot of attention on her and and she's been outspoken before about this kind of giving her anxiety and and doing all the press that comes with that being something that she struggles with. So she kind of said, you know, she'd been struggling with her mental health and and going into this Grand Slam tournament, she was not going to participate. And she said she, you know, reached this decision knowing that she was probably going to be fined, which, um, you know, for the record, is not just a tennis thing. That's kind of across all professional sports is you're required to participate in these media events. And if you don't, you're subject to a fine. Um, You know, $15,000 is a lot of money, but that is kind of pretty much the standard. And a drop in the bucket. I mean, if you consider what she's making, right? She's one of the high or is the highest highest paid female athlete. Yeah. Um, And a lot of that comes from sponsorships, not so much, you know, prize money, but um, yeah, it it is, it is really a, a drop in the bucket, which I'm sure is part of the reason that she came to this decision. But basically, you know, she said she's been struggling with her mental health. And this is something that she needed to do um, for her sanity and also for her success in in this tournament. Got it. And so, so many are saying that 
tennis officials failed uh, Osaka and that her decision to leave the competition didn't have to end this way. So, so Adam, talk me through like what officials are saying and, and how they feel about this kind of turn of events. So on Monday, they put out a brief statement and in a kind of ironic twist, it didn't take any questions from journalists themselves, but they said basically they, they were saddened that she withdrew. This is such a high profile exit for a player of her caliber. No non-injured tennis player has ever exited such a tournament like this before partway through. It was really a statement for her to do this. And they said, obviously, they were saddened. It really upsets how they thought things would go. And they did a bit of a twist from their earlier position on her, where they had fined her last week and said, basically, if you keep breaking the rules, we'll keep finding you. Now, once she left, they said, we wish you well. We had hoped there'd been a different outcome. We hope you feel better in the future. A much more conciliatory turn. And I think it was in reflection of this conversation that she had started about players' needs versus public scrutiny versus are these press conferences the most comfortable environment for everyone? And so, you know, it remains to be seen about reforms. French officials did not really talk in any specifics about whether or not they'll actually change um, if they feel that change is appropriate. Wow. So so let's talk about that a little bit, specifically uh, with Naomi. We've interviewed her at People, of course. She had, took off in, in, in recent years and, and has bested, you know, the, the likes of Serena Williams on the court. Um, but what has that, specifically for you, Lindsay, who's interviewed her, like what is she like in, in that situation? I mean, she's shy. She's, she's shy. It, it, doing press and these interviews is not, you know, something that comes naturally for her. There's a lot of athletes that really like shine and excel and, and feel really comfortable chatting with reporters and, and some don't. And Naomi is in the camp of someone who doesn't. And we've covered her extensively at people and she's long kind of preferred doing maybe an interview over email rather than in person or on the phone. I think she, you know, feels more comfortable expressing herself when she can, you know, write it out rather than being one-on-one with someone. But yeah, she's she's shy. So she's not the first. Athletes have spoken out about this before, right? About how their issues with mental health can dovetail with doing these press conferences. So can you talk about what the media requirements are for athletes and, and why these interviews are so normal and, and some would say necessary in the world of professional sports? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, it really is, it is the norm. And I think the people who are in support of it and the reason why it's persisted is because they're promoting themselves through these press conferences and they're bringing attention to sports, especially, you know, as in the world of women's sports, um, it's it's a great way for them to kind of get themselves out there and make themselves known and draw attention and get fans interested. I think it's interesting. Billie Jean King, who is an iconic women's tennis player, put out a statement supporting Naomi, of course. Um, but her initial response was being a little torn because she says women's tennis wouldn't be at the level it is now if players years ago had not been willing to sit and talk to the media. I saw something really interesting, a kind of third layer to this about whether or not press conferences themselves actually need to change. And like Lindsay was saying, I mean, this is a format that has become standard across so many professional sports. And Naomi is not the first person to say these maybe aren't the best way to ask questions of athletes. Marshawn Lynch famously hates taking questions from reporters. Sometimes the Williams sisters have also had their own issues with press, press conferences. Um, each of us who's interviewed athletes in these situations knows it isn't always comfortable for them to come from a victory or defeat and then have to take little 
little soundbite questions from 40 different people on camera and have 20 seconds to kind of come up with a good answer. Um, you know, and, and we in the press maybe don't always love it either. I saw a lot of sports reporters discussing this in the last few days about, does she have a point? Do we need to change the format here? Is there another way to get information, get reaction from athletes, tell their stories, which, you know, we in the press love to do, but maybe not in an environment that can feel so artificial, I think she might say. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think as you're saying it, it just makes me think of like, say a bad day at work or, you know, <laughs> right after, right after we close the issue or if right after I finish the podcast, if somebody like, as soon as I'm out my door, like has a mic in my face saying like, so, so why did you stumble over your words uh, like that, Janine? I, I just, it just wasn't your, yeah. So if, if you put yourself in their shoes, geez, it could be a lot. Um, so let's just talk about uh, some of the support that she's received, not just from tennis players, but other other athletes and and even um, politicians. What what have you seen like kind of rise above in in the wake of this? Serena Williams put out a statement in it. You know, Serena says that she's developed a thick skin over the years and that she is, you know, used to having to deal with these situations, though, you know, earlier this year uh, after playing poorly, Serena left a press conference in tears. Yeah, she walked out. So clearly it does it does still affect her. And, you know, at the time that kind of generated a lot of retirement questions about Serena because she's still Mm -hmm. vying for this 24th Grand Slam title. But, you know, she said she's developed a thick skin and not everyone has gotten there. And, you know, Naomi's 20. So she's still fairly early in her career. Um, And then, you know, a lot of other tennis players have come out and support Martina Navratilova. There's been athletes and, you know, other professional leagues coming out. Kevin Love, um, who has been incredibly outspoken about suffering from anxiety and having panic attacks um, and has done a lot of uh, mental health awareness. He he came out in support. Um, Coco Goff, another tennis player who's even younger than Naomi. I think she's 17. Um, So there's been a lot of support in the uh, athletic community and then also um, from some other high profile figures like uh, Jamila Jamil and Chelsea Handler and Naomi Campbell. So um, there's there's been a lot of people reacting to this. Also, um, people got a statement today. Uh, Nike, which sponsors Naomi Osaka, has um, and, you know, she had this exclusive um, outfit with Nike that she was debuting at the French Open. Um, You know, so there's a stake in the game for them, obviously. And they came out supporting and saying they applaud her courage for being candid about her battle. So a, a lot of people are backing her and saying, you know, this is a topic that needs to be talked about more. And somebody who has been incredibly successful using their platform to be candid about the struggles is important. Yeah. And 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 I just want to clarify, we say mental health a lot and we talk about the press conferences, but she battles depression. And that is a very, you know, a, a serious uh, mental illness that that people are dealing with. And and this is all of these different factors exacerbate that. So I'm hoping that she just gets the time that she needs. Uh, let, let's switch over to something on, on the entertainment front. Mayor of East Town, starring um, Kate Winslet. And this show, okay, one, just, who, do, do either of you watch? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have okay, to good, say, good, 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 good. I'm from central Pennsylvania and the accents are spot on. <laughs> They're perfect. <laughs> yes, there's been a lot made of that mid Atlantic area Delco accent that she has in this show. But we are not going to talk about the plot or give any spoilers because people are still discovering the show, even though. 
even though the finale effectively shut down HBO this past weekend. I know. Could you believe that? <laughs> what was that about? Like just spinning wheels on the screen. There were so many people trying to tune in. But let's talk about the star, Kate Winslet. Mayor puts her back in the spotlight and she says that she never worked or prepared harder for any other role in her career. Yes, that includes Titanic. But she's also opening up about her life off screen with husband Edward Abel Smith. She got really candid with the New York Times recently. So, Lindsay, tell me what you liked most about what she shared about her home life. First of all, I have to say I did not realize her husband changed his name. So when this uh, profile came out this week, I was like, oh, did she get married again? <laughs> um, because he used to go by Ned Rock and Roll was his uh, the surname that he uh, previously used. Um, you know, she she basically couldn't help but gush about him and says she thinks he's super hot and, and he's a superhuman and he has been a great stay-at-home dad uh, to their son and that he just kind of is the full package for her. And um, they have a really fun home life. He's super chill and vegan and does yoga and, and um, is really relaxed, which is kind of like the opposite of this high-profile lifestyle that she leads as a, you know, major movie star. Um, so I think it sounds like she loves the balance that they bring to each other. The thing that kind of underscored it for me a bit is there's a passing reference in the profile that sent me down a rabbit hole about how they met. And mm -hmm. I did not realize they, uh, and every word of what I'm about to say is true, even though it sounds crazy. So they met <laughs> 10 years ago uh, on Richard Branson's at Richard Branson's house, the, the British okay. mobile, his house in the British Virgin Islands, because her husband is Richard Branson's nephew. And the house caught fire after a lightning bolt from a hurricane. And as they were... <laughs> this is like so mean. Is insane. <laughs> I know it's not, but it is. <laughs> and as they were fleeing the home, there were, you know, a dozen, two dozen or so people there. She basically ran into him and um, somehow um, Idris Elba is mixed up in this, who of course we love. And... Uh, <laughs> Interest <laughs> uh, said in an interview a few years ago. Basically, their connection was instantaneous. Kate and her husband, uh, her husband to be, when she ran into him in a burning home in the British Virgin Islands. And that, my friends, is the plot of Mayor of Easttown. I told you we wouldn't <laughs> give it away, but no, I'm kidding. And that's I'm all kidding. you need to know. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but thank you for that. Just so interesting. Uh, watch it if you can, if you can get on HBO. Hopefully they fix their kinks. Um, but you guys, thank you so much for just taking me through all this today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Next up, Jenna Carbonitas shares how she kicked off the concept of gender reveal parties years ago and how much has changed since then. Stay tuned. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details.
There is more discussion than ever these days about gender. Just today, 22-year-old dancer and reality star Zachary Torres from the show Dance Moms made an announcement on TikTok saying, quote, I'm transgender if you didn't know. My pronouns are they, she, which means that they or she are totally fine. Well, my guest today knows a lot about the conversation around gender and gendering. Uh, Jenna Carvanitas is a California law student, blogger, and mom of three beautiful kids, and she is known for being the creator of gender reveal parties. This was back in 2008 when she had a gender reveal party to welcome her baby girl. It went viral, and now you see so many iterations of gender reveal parties today. But her story goes deeper than that, and she's here today to talk to us about how and why she's changed her mind about even the concept of gender reveal. So, Jenna, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. No problem. So let's go back to 2008. Take me into your thought process of of doing this party. Why did you do it? How did you promote it? Um, and and what was that? What did that mean for you and your family? Well, I was an early adapter to social media. So I've had a blog since the early 2000s. So by 2008, I had quite a following. And um, you know, you never know what's going to go viral and what isn't. I mean, I just put all my content out there. Um, the social media landscape was totally different back in 2008. It was more, it wasn't a really a monetary thing. Everybody wasn't, you know, putting on their show. It was more like a, a public diary that was really just for yourself. And then other people would kind of uh, watch that. Um, so anyway, uh, I put my party on there. I was actually working at the time in an advertising agency and I was in charge of doing a baby shower for somebody else. And so I had, this is before Pinterest. So I made this really cute <laughs> duck cake and I was very proud of my little cake. And I thought, okay, how can I, I just, I'm pregnant. I want to make a cake. What can I do? And I just kind of, you know, invented this little, so what can I celebrate? And my, um, my obstetrician appointment was coming up where I could learn if the baby was a boy or a girl. Um, I had had several pregnancy losses, not to be like trigger warning downer, but yeah, it was really tough for me to have a baby. So I finally was at the point where I could know if my baby was a boy or a girl and I was in the mood to make a cake and I was kind of trying to get my family involved, you know, to celebrate me and my milestone and some excitement. And I really did not even think about the implications of gender. Were you just blown away by how it took off the way it did? And and even looking, you know, more than 10 years now, like it has just become its own institution in a way, um, for better or for worse. Uh, did that surprise you in the moment? Well, you know, they say an overnight success takes 10 years. That is definitely true. You know, I had this party and I pretty much forgot about it after I had the party. You know, you're moving on, have a baby. And then um, a magazine contacted me a couple of months later and they wanted to do a spread about my party. And then after that, so, you know, then after that, it took a couple of months for the story to run. So it really, from the point my party happened to the point that it became prolific in society was mm. a while, um, mm -hmm. you know, that magazine came out and I, it actually happened to be the, the free magazine that was available at uh, medical offices, you know, and oh, wow. well, those are very well read. I will tell you, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, well, you know, we didn't have smartphones back then. So people would just pick up the magazine and yeah. party proliferated. And so it became a couple of years. And then the parties themselves have evolved so much. You know, at first they were exactly like my party. People were doing a cake. They were cut into a cake. And then the cupcake thing kind of took off. And then the balloons kind of took off. And then it became this whole cottage industry. And now it's we're talking about forest fires and explosions. And it's really just gotten away from anything that aligns with my personal viewpoint. I think it's become political. It's become 
a whole thing that does not align with me at all. So for sure. <laughs> so, shock. so, so you've said that since doing these parties, your views on gender have changed. Can, can you explain that? Absolutely. You know, um, it was just not a conversation that was really happening in the popular media at the time in 2008 about gender. I've just never had to question my my own gender or my own sexuality or any of that stuff. I just, you know, hey, it's a boy, it's a girl. So, you know, um, then I have my baby and just, you know, from day one, she's just on her own little path that she liked you know, certain toys and she kind of liked a certain aesthetic, I guess. It's kind of funny. I was just really in communication with my baby. I dressed her in a black tuxedo for her first birthday. She just kind of gravitated toward what she liked and I picked up on it. Um, and as she, you know, she gets older, you know, she's mom, I want to cut my hair short. I want to wear a tuxedo and I want to, you know, these are the things. And I'm like, that's fine. Like whatever you want to do, she's adorable. Um, but I started to kind of see as I had my second daughter and then I had my third daughter and the world is starting to change. I'm like, oh my God, this gender reveal thing is <laughs> terrible. We're just assigning so much personality and, and focus and all of this at birth on what is essentially just one element of a person. It's one yeah. bit of their anatomy and mm -hmm. it's really not the way end up, things end up turning out all the time. Wow. And, and you mentioned it, but these parties have become uh, dangerous, even deadly. I mean, there are some examples out there of people just getting hurt. There are explosions. They're trying to figure out new creative ways to show the pink or show the blue and just taking it to levels that don't make any sense. Um, so so what, what would you say is your message in general to moms, dads out there who are thinking of doing something like this? Well, they definitely need to stay safe and just really re-examine where they're coming from with this world party, because really it's become politicized in a bit because they've um, these parties become so aggressive with the guns. They've really sort of tied themselves in with a with a gun rights kind of message, which is so far from my belief system. And I think people aren't thinking about it. They're they're thinking about it like I was in 2008, like, oh, what's the big deal? Oh, we have a pink and a blue. I'm going to have a son or a daughter. You know, what's the big deal? And the big deal is, you know, think about it. Think what you're aligning yourself with. Be safe. First of all, if you insist on having explosions, please do not go into a dry forest. But I think also the people who are doing these things know what they're doing. It, there is no reason to not have a party in your life. I think finding joy in this long, hard life is really hard. So if people want to have a party to celebrate their milestones and their pregnancies and their families growing, there is no problem with that whatsoever. But when it becomes attached to what anatomy that child has and setting off an explosion or you know gun smoke with it, it's become a whole different thing. That was Jenna Carvanitas. For more on her, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. There is a couple in Southern California who are just spreading good deeds in a unique way. So when Crystal and Patrick Duani had their first child, they struggled to take care of their family. It was expensive. Uh, Crystal became an entrepreneur, though, and those problems went away, which is what encouraged her to sprinkle some joy and some money <laughs> within several Target stores. Listen to this. We know that during the pandemic, it's it's a little difficult right now. So we really wanted to just find a way to give back. 
So the couple went throughout the baby aisles in these different targets and left $1,000 worth of cash inside unopened baby products like diapers and formula. Crystal posted the experience on Instagram and it racked up almost 90,000 likes. And their selflessness is so admirable. It just lets us know that we can all do something big or small. Maybe it's not $1,000, but something to help out those in need. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.